Hey Bears fans, welcome once again. New episode of Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And we are back, baby, with the huge news. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think there's been bigger news than this, uh, I don't know, for decades, I guess. Certainly not for the Bears. Probably not since they traded for <laughs> they traded for Cutler, right? That would probably be the last time something this big happened. Maybe, maybe Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack was that was pretty big news. But on both of those, it was still how much did the Bears give up to go there? Yeah, right. I mean, this is the first time I'm not hearing those echoes throughout Bears Nation about oh, the Bears had to give up the whole house to get it. Yeah, the Bears are on the other side of it this time. They are and. You just when something like this happens, I guess you just kind of realize how big the NFL is because this broke kind of right as I was getting done with work on Friday afternoon. So I was kind of wrapping up my day, and I went into the I went and got in my car because I was going to go to the gym, and I turned on the radio, and the first words I hear are, "We have the compensation." Like, I, I hadn't paid wow. any attention to anything. And then they start reading off, like, Chicago's getting. And I'm like, wait, what's going on here? <laughs> and, and so then I, I look at my phone, and I've got, like, 12 text messages and five <laughs> alerts from ESPN. And it's just the Chicago Bears have gotten the farm from the Carolina Panthers. And the other notable difference from the other couple of trades we just talked about, I think, is that Everybody just seems aligned that this is just a great job by Ryan Pauls. Yes. Like everybody everybody seems to love this trade for the Bears and even the most negative people that are in my life that <laughs> <laughs> that, that I talk about the Bears with haven't really found a way to quibble with this one. I mean, you get all the draft picks and then also DJ Moore who is a legit number 1 receiver. Just a great trade all around. Yeah, I mean, the the difference between those previous ones that we brought up and this. Well, Pace, you know, you and I have talked many times about how Pace loved to just give everything away. <laughs> and so just to be on the winning end is amazing, yeah. right? Uh, now, I have, I've read several different uh, takes on this. And they're, well, number one, they're all favorable to what Polls did. Number two, a lot of people are saying that they kind of, well, both won. Yeah. Uh, as in, Carolina really had to do something because they have nothing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the Bears also at the same time went and took care of trading down not too far, but at the same time getting a good compensation package out of it and then addressing a need. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, just really quick from Carolina's perspective. Yes, they gave up a lot, but whatever quarterback they draft, if that quarterback ends up being a Hall of Fame quarterback and takes him to a Super Bowl, then it was then worth it. Worth it. So I think it's a win-win for both sides. And like you said, I mean, I, I heard the compensation and I was fine with it before I heard they were getting DJ Moore. I was too. I, I, I thought if they were going to trade with the Panthers that they were going to trade for Brian Burns, which is the Panthers' edge rusher, he's he's one of the best. Oh, pass, yeah, like one of the best pass rushers in football. But I I never thought that they would trade their best receiver because if you're drafting a quarterback, you think that you want to keep your your, <laughs> your one good offensive weapon that you have. But it, it seems clear that Ryan Poles really wanted DJ Moore and that he wasn't going to budge on it. And 
That was the rumor I saw was that the Panthers wanted to trade another first round pick and Poles wanted DJ Moore instead. And Poles said, I'm walking away if you don't give us the wide receiver. And yeah. Carolina, like you said, is desperate because they have had quarterback troubles for many years now and they want a long term solution. So they budged. Yeah. And it, it just feels really good to have. I just really enjoy having Ryan Poles as the general manager. Like, he, he came out and said, again, pretty much exactly what he was going to do. He said, we're going to try to get this done before free agency because we want certainty and we can also have an opportunity to get players if we do it before free agency. And that's what he said and that's what he did. Yeah, um, you know, this is one of the reasons that you and I have perpetuated talking about uh, to, the, to Bears fans, be patient. You know, this guy is starting from less than zero. Uh, He had a lot of stuff that he had to deal with uh, when he came in. I firmly believe that when he he took this job, he said to McCaskey, I'm going to tear this team apart. I'm going to tear it down to the studs. And and whatever we have to do to make that happen is going to happen. And I'm going to make it so that in 2023 and in 2024, we are building not... Not just a good team, but a team that will, in the, into the future, right. always be competitive for the division title. Sustainable. Sustainable, right. And, you know, so that's, I mean, that's a hugely different attitude. And one of the best ones I've heard since Lovey just stepped to the mic and said, well, the first thing we got to do is beat Green Bay. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And now the Bears have... Four picks in the first two rounds, I think that's right. Four, yeah. four picks in the top 65 or something like that. Right. So that's a good place to be because as we all watched, last year was pretty brutal when you actually just sit down and watched the Bears. They just didn't have any talent really other than the quarterback. And Justin Fields made it all okay because Justin Fields was really exciting and the Bears would lose. So right. they need to upgrade at pretty much every part of their roster, but they took care of a big piece of it. And I think that right now they've actually got a a pretty good wide receiver group. When you talk about DJ Moore, I think he's really good. His numbers are good. I think that they will be better because if you go and look at the quarterbacks he's played with, it'll make you throw up. Yeah. Like when, when the best quarterback that the Carolina Panthers have put out there over the last three or four years is Sam Darnold. <laughs> you, you've, you've done something horribly wrong. I think, uh, I think Kyle Allen was better than <laughs> Sam Darnold. I mean, wow, Sam Darnold. How's that guy even still in the NFL? Is well, that, if Mike Glennon is still in yeah. the NFL, some is, is somehow still in the, uh, in the NFL. They, but when they were throwing out the ghost of Cam Newton. Oh my God. I mean, you go and look at the list. It's, it's pretty terrible. And I, I think that some people, that's the one nitpick I've heard is some people say, well, Moore is not an elite wide receiver, which I don't think he's elite. I think he's very good. I think yeah. that his numbers, you know, there are some red flags. His catch percentage is low. He does tend to have games where he isn't productive. He, he kind of will have one great game and then one down game or something. But yep. it's just so hard to judge when you're you're talking about Baker Mayfield or Kyle Allen or Cam Newton or any of these guys. I, I think that he has legit number one talent, and I, I think that him and Justin Fields, 
is just going to be so much better than anything he's had from a quarterback perspective in Carolina. I think there's a lot of upside here. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, I agree with you. He's not elite. He's not one of the top 10 receivers. And guess what? Uh, The way I understand it is that it really came down to Carolina and Indianapolis both biting at the bit, uh, challenging each other at every move, and then he wanted Michael Pittman. (laughs) Of course, we would have loved if he could have got Michael Pittman. Sure. Michael Pittman wasn't going anywhere. You and I have talked about that before. The guy is a young, super dynamic receiver. There's no way they're going to draft a quarterback and then giving away the best young talent that they have, right? Right. Uh, so, but more, you know, he's a, he's a more seasoned veteran. They didn't look at it like he's a guy that's, you know, coming on and uh, on the up, on the up, on the up note. But he is. He's very solid, right? I mean, looking at his numbers, uh, you, you know, they're they're good. Uh, they're they're not amazing, but still, somehow he caught sixty three balls for almost nine hundred yards at fourteen point one yards per catch, yep. which is solid, and seven touchdowns with Sam Darnold and company. And yeah, Baker Mayfield, PJ Walker, and Sam Darnold. Oh wow! I mean, that that's brutal and. I, I think that you say he's not a top 10 receiver. I, I agree. But I don't think people thought of A.J. Brown as necessarily a top 10 receiver before he went to Philly. I, I think it was kind of the, the same thing where A.J. Brown, everyone thought, was really good. Just like well, DJ he's Moore. probably at the edge, right? Yeah. So I agree. D.J. Moore is not going to be Justin Jefferson. He's not going to be Jamar Chase. Right. He's not one of those guys, like the best of the best. But yeah. I, I think he's someone that if you say he's the best receiver on your roster, you feel pretty good about that. Absolutely. And then you pair him with Darnell Mooney, who everybody, you know, I think everybody kind of agrees he's he's pretty good. And say what you want about Chase Claypool. Was he a disappointing start to his Bears career? Yes. Yes. Did the Bears overpay for him? It seems like maybe they, they might have. but. He's still a good wide receiver. He's he's not bad. He just might not end up being worth what the Bears gave up to get him. But even so, you, you, you're sitting there now, and you've got three legit NFL receivers from, right. from on, on somewhere in the spectrum of very good to pretty good. That That's a lot better than the Bears have been in the past several years. I mean... When we when the Bears broke camp last year, their wide receiving group was one of the worst I've ever seen. Yes. It was Mooney and a bunch of nothing. So <laughs> the fact that now they've got three guys that you Maybe can, the Texans were worse. They at least had Brandon Cooks. <laughs> like, oh, that's true. And and Nico Collins. Like they had a couple of guys at least. Like the Bears I think started Dante Pettis. Yeah. Oh, which yeah. that's just another great part of this. I mean, just get those guys out of here. Get no, no what kind of upgrade is that? Dante Pettis to DJ <laughs> yeah. Moore. Yeah, get rid of Dante Pettis, no more Nikhil Harry, Isaiah Coulter. Like they have a legit wide receiver room now. They're going to keep, they've still got Bayless Jones, who I think maybe now can be a true gadget player, which is what they drafted him. And you just can see this offense coming together. And if Fields is the player that we saw in the last 10 games of last year, that's pretty exciting that they've now got him paired with some pretty legit talent. Well, and as you were saying, uh, uh, Matt, friend of the show, uh, he brought this up the other day too, that uh, the more... Uh, is that kind of player where you'll see a great game out of him, 120 yards, and then the next game he'll have 20 yards. Right, <laughs> so, right. but um, 
we do need to take into uh, take into effect that he has been playing with a really really uh, shabby passing game. Uh, about the worst quarterbacks in the NFL, literally. Uh, and uh, you know, this is going to be a huge uh, a huge culture change for him. If I'm him, I don't see how this isn't an upgrade. Uh, oh, no. Going to play with the young one of the best young dynamic quarterbacks in the NFL. Move it to Chicago, right. right from 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 Charlotte, and and you know the the culture there. I think we would all agree that even though the team wasn't good last year, I felt like that team went out and played, mm-hmm. and that's a culture, right? That's that that's one of the things that Eberflus has talked about since he got hired on day one is making this culture of you know going out and playing as hard as they can, and I, I think that happened. And I think that's I think that more is going to come in and see that. Now, you, one thing you look at, uh, man, durability. Holy smokes, yeah. the guy played almost every game that's been available yeah, to him. I think he's only missed two games, right? Yeah, Something I like mean, that. you know, and you know, seventeen to seventeen in those last two seasons. That's what you want to see, uh, you know. And it's like you said, he does need to raise his catch percentage, which is mid fifties. Early on, though, uh, it was in the low 60s, so there, there's improvement to, to be made there. Um, but all the metrics that you look for in a solid receiver, he hits them. And his contract is great. That's and the other part of it. His contract is great. I, I think it's, he's got three years and like $55 million left. Yeah. If he was a free agent, he, he would get double that. <clears throat> right. Like, so, he, so he's got a very good contract for the Bears now. If he plays well next year, is he going to try to renegotiate? I wouldn't be surprised by that. But he's going to play this year for a really reasonable amount of money when you're talking about a number one wide receiver. And I've heard some interviews from people in Carolina. He sounds like a really high-character guy, good in the locker room, not going to be kind of your typical diva wide receiver. Yeah. So it just feels like a really nice addition all around and – like you said, he, he gets out of kind of a bad situation in Carolina, and he gets paired with a, a quarterback who's far better than anything he's played with so far. So I, I think it's just a win-win all around. It's really exciting. I, I mean, I, I didn't think the Bears would land a receiver of that caliber. I was thinking it would be more along the lines of somebody like DeAndre Hopkins or Mike Evans or... Guys that are still good, but are, are older and right. are kind of at the end of their career, as opposed to DJ Moore, who's 25, I think. Yeah, he's actually um, almost 26, but okay. I mean, still. Mid-20s. Very, yeah, that's very good. Right. And it's his- like you said, it was looking like they were going to get somebody that is on that older scale. I mean, uh, kudos to you know Devontae Adams and DeAndre Hopkins. They're both great players, uh, but they are. They're... They don't fit the culture that Poles has been beat, has been building uh, through this year, and you know that's one of the things that I couldn't I couldn't understand when there was a lot of buzz about that happening. It was like I don't see how they're going to bring a guy who's in his early thirties into this group right. that's all in their early twenties. It just it, it would have been an outlier, it, and I didn't understand how that would. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it seems like they're really prioritizing guys that fit their timeline. Which, exactly. Which makes perfect sense because the Bears aren't going to win a Super Bowl next year. Right. They 
are going to be better, obviously, and they're building towards that. But when you sign a guy in his 30s, you can probably really only expect one year out of him. Yeah. And maybe you get more than that, but that's just how the NFL works, is that when your production goes, it typically goes pretty fast. Yeah, and Adams or, uh, you know, Hopkins, both of them are going to go to a team that's like, we're ready to win right now. Exactly. You know, I mean, uh, you know, a team that uh, can use one of those guys to help them get over the hump. And while, you know, both of them are, uh, both are outstanding, and, and Adams had a great year in an offense that really wasn't that great, um, you know, it, maybe maybe 12 is going to go there. That's, you know, the, that's been a buzz that uh, 12 is going to head over there so that sounds they can like reunite. The, sounds like the Jets for him after, it, after we spent... 10 minutes last week talking about how he's not going to go to the Jets. <laughs> it, it sounds like it's Jets or a retirement for him. So. Well, and uh, so, you know, maybe he ends up with the Jets then. But regardless, it, it, you know, they have to they have to develop a new quarterback there. So that's going to be a big part of their, uh, of their atmosphere. This is, a, this is a great addition to that trade. And it's the first trade that I can recall that the Bears have executed where we not only came out of it, as you said, feeling like this is a great package without the fact that we got a young, moving forward, dynamic player. I mean, the guy is, like you said, he's 25 slash 26. He's in his prime. Yeah. You know, he signed for three years, right? 26, 27, 28. I, I, I guess it's about 17 and a half million per, mm-hmm. which is way below the market that a lot of those guys are in. Like right? I said, I mean, if he, if he hit free agency this year, he'd get double what he's going to make. Yeah, so the, the, the pickup is, is to me, it, it's huge. It's absolutely giant. And, you know... I know everybody looks at the Claypool, uh, the Claypool deal as, you know, looks at it with a frowny face. And I get it. He hasn't shown anything. But the guy is definitely better than this. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you, all you have to do is look at his first two seasons uh, in the NFL, and his numbers were better than this. So, you know, he, he is going to improve. I 100% believe that. I do think that some of those maturity issues that you and I have talked about are probably there and maybe he needs a bit of a foot in his ass yeah. but I do think that the kid will improve he's he's big he's young he's dynamic he can go up and get the ball uh, I, I think that he will fit the culture very well maybe having uh, a guy who's a little bit more of a veteran now uh, will help that presence mm-hmm. uh, help him realize you know hey we all got to play this game together let's let's do that the the claypool more uh mooney combination yeah it's great and it it just slides everyone into their place it's like last year when claypool was out there he was clearly the best receiver on the field so he was demanding (laughs) more coverage and now he's the second best dante pettis yeah so now he's second best, and Mooney Mooney can play in the slot, and he's going to have single coverage in there as opposed to being kind of the number one like he was going into last year. So it just puts everybody in a better position when you have a wide receiver like this in your room, 
And I, I just think that it's an exciting time to be a Bears fan because I think the offense next year is actually going to be pretty explosive. It could be. I mean, they were scoring 30 points a game with Darnell Mooney and me out there. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, th- I think that they're, they're going to continue to upgrade their offensive line. We'll see if they upgrade at running back or if they bring back Montgomery. But I think this offense is going to be really dynamic and it's going to put up a lot of points. And I think that in the modern NFL, that's, that's kind of prerequisite number one is that yes. y- your offense needs to be putting up points at a pretty high rate if you're going to compete with the best teams in this league. And I, I just think that going from where the Bears were at wide receiver to now, the amount of talent they have in that room. And the thing with Claypool this year especially is it's a contract year for him. Yep. I, he needs to have a good year because then he's going to get his big deal from the Bears or from somebody else. So. If there's ever a time that he's going to be motivated, I, I think it's this. Yes. And then we'll see what the Bears want to do, if you want to give money to him or if you want to let him walk. But I would not be at all surprised if this is the best year of Claypool's career, just because we know he has all the talent in the world. Yes. And like you said, it seems to be a matter of between the years. Yeah. Like just for whatever reason, it just hasn't clicked with him, and he hasn't made the most of that talent, but... This is his opportunity, and we've seen the money that gets thrown around to elite wide receivers. And if he goes out and has a, has a year where he catches 1,100 yards and a bunch of touchdowns, he's going to get a big payday. So I, I think we're going to see him motivated, and that's a good thing. Well, we were talking about <clears throat> we were talking about the culture, and uh, while you uh, while you were referencing uh, his. His, his, you know, his attitude, or however you want to put it, um, I, I, I thought of that uh, the game later on in the year. I forget what game that was. That uh, Claypool went to the sideline and kind of had a temper tantrum oh, yeah. over there. And uh, the the most amazing part of that whole thing was the first thing that happens is the leader of the team goes right over to him and immediately says, "Hey, get yourself get your stuff together. This this, this is not the time for you to be acting like yeah, this. This is not how we do things." And I mean, you know, it was kind of a blip in the media uh that that week, but I remember it so strongly because it was the first time I'd seen something like that. Uh, on the on a bare sideline, actual leadership at the quarterback position. <laughs> wow, I mean, you know, and that that's one of the things that I've always said about Jim McMahon is Jim McMahon was not an amazing quarterback. He was good, he was solid, but he was a leader on the field, and you, you had no question as to who was running things when he was out there. That that was even above what McMahon did. You know, this was. Him going over there and seeing a young player kind of make him an ass of himself right. and say, hey, this is not what we do. Yeah. And I think those kind of things are what has contributed to him underperforming. And I think that we will see that change. You know, I th- also think that the more that more could help with that. I think so, too. I mean, I, I brought up the reporters that I was listening to from Carolina. They just say DJ Moore is a, a really high character guy. So I, I think that presence it, with Claypool, especially now that Claypool is not clearly the most talented receiver on the team, <laughs> like, he, he probably still is the most talented, but 
DJ Moore's been more productive and has had a better career so far. So uh, I, I think that potential leadership could also just be a benefit. And you just want to see them get the most out of these guys because they did give up a ton for Claypool, and it's important to the Bears that he's good. So you hope that last year you can just you end up chalking it up to not getting up to speed fast enough or for whatever reason. But you hope with a full off season and with OTAs and training camp that Claypool comes in motivated and he knows the offense and he's ready to go because I still think there's a lot of upside there if he figures it out between the ears, which we'll, we'll see if he does. Yeah, I mean, you know, <clears throat> uh, it, it just, the whole room is better. Yes. And that's that's what it really boils down to. The whole room is better. Uh, I, I certainly hope they do give uh, Mooney a new deal this year. I don't know whether that'll happen or not. You know, it's uh, the the deals for the for the team internally has kind of been mum. Um, you know, to shift gears a little bit, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, Montgomery. Okay. Now, I, I, you know that one of the things that. Um, I I like Montgomery. He's a likable guy, mm-hmm. right? And he he seems like he really plays balls out when he's on the field. But I I do I, I you know I, I read this article about uh, a metric where uh, the uh, uh, what you want to see from a running back is a uh, a one point and. Uh, in, in relations to yards gain, and he measured out on that metric at point one. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think the advanced metrics aren't typically too kind to him as a runner. Yeah, um, he's he grades out well in the passing game. The Bears blog has a whole series on this. That, that's yeah. a good read. But yeah, I think that in in terms of explosiveness he's just not an explosive player no and that makes me wonder good shifty yeah i i I just don't think that when everything ryan poles has always talked about is he wants explosive right like he wants players that are fast and that when you get him the ball in space they can make things happen that's not really montgomery's game i mean i I think he's he's a, a solid back he is somebody that if he's your your running back you're not upset about it but he he's not that type of game changing runner and that makes me wonder if Ryan Poles is just going to let him walk because you do see that from Herbert right Khalil Herbert you give him the ball and sometimes he's you just blink and he's 20 yards down the field yeah it's a noticeable difference that you can just see watching the two players that Herbert, when he is running, is just a far more explosive player. Now, he doesn't grade out as well in the passing game. He doesn't grade out as well as a blocker, um, and those things are important. <laughs> but yeah, wonder if the Bears are just going to look at David Montgomery and just say, we're going we're gonna to upgrade here, because he can. <laughs> Matt, I was talking to him the other day, and he says, he says, yeah, but he can block. That's such a Bears thing to say. Well, that is important. I mean, it, it, I know. I just it cracked me up though. If if, if your running back is, is going to get your quarterback killed in pass protection, you can't have him out there. That, that's true. So, that's true. So so that that is important, and that's why I don't think you'll see Khalil Herbert as as the number one back. Right. But yeah, it, it's not 
the main skill set you want, <laughs> right. right? Like you, you, you want your running back to be fast and a good blocker. You don't yeah. you don't want him to be slow, but also he blocks. Well, so I, know, I, I get the point. <laughs> explosive explosive is the term of the day yeah. in the NFL. Absolutely. That's that, that's that's just point blank. That's the way it is. That's the thing that makes great teams uh, versus good teams or average teams or even poor teams. This is the kind of thing that uh, that we need, and this is the this is the kind of team that polls is as building. Um, I don't think he fits that. I don't think he fits that explosiveness. I don't think, I don't really believe he's going to get resigned by Chicago. Yeah, no, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he doesn't. And I just think you can find a, a guy that is probably just as good or better and you don't have to pay him. I mean, right. They, they've got a million picks in this draft. Yeah. So, you could easily find someone in the fourth round that can probably be a replacement level pass blocker that is more explosive and is, is just faster. There's a, a running back is one of the deep positions in this draft. Uh, there is, I mean, uh, Ibrahim, Mohammed Ibrahim from from mm-hmm. Minnesota uh, had had a pretty darn good uh, a great college career. career. Oh, yeah. yeah, and you know he's like ranked like number 15 or something you know i mean that's how deep this this draft is now you know some people have talked about adding Bijan robinson yeah i I think that is a really great idea (laughs) but i know the only thing is everyone's gonna hate it but i i kind of like it too (laughs) i I, he he, there's a lot of comparisons to saquon barkley on him um he is great in the you know he has huge burst big speed Big dude, uh, you know, great in the passing game. Uh, really, your do-it-all kind of guy uh, will probably upgrade everything by drafting that guy. Eric Edholm said he's the perfect running back prospect. Yeah, and so, you know, the, the thing is, is that, you know, if you, do you, do you use n- number nine on him, though? Because the thing is, is that most mock drafts before, before the trade had him kind of in that low uh, yeah. low teens uh, kind of area, and so you know maybe they could you know trade down a couple of picks and still and still get him. Yeah. But and I like that idea, I really do. But the only thing is, is the defensive line is so bad. Well, this goes back to, this would be a, a F the defense move, right? Because <laughs> like, I've also heard, and this is kind of the same thing, uh, I, I, I've heard a lot of people still speculating that the Bears could still draft uh, Smith in Jigba. Yeah. It, it's the same sort of deal. It's just, you can never have too many too many weapons in this NFL, and I understand why I, I understand all of the reasons why you shouldn't draft a running back in the first round. Yeah. I, I get all of it, but you're talking about potentially just dropping in a elite, just kind of plug and play playmaker. And when you're talking about a talent like that, you kind of have to stop thinking of it, it as a running back and think of it more as like I was saying, just another weapon. Right. And could they like, like they, they the comp I've heard to Robinson is LT. Like can you can you imagine dropping Ladanian yeah. Tomlinson in the backfield with Justin Fields? Wow! With DJ Moore and Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet and Claypool and whoever else they're going to add, I mean that's that's a legit greatest show on turf right type uh, 
team that can just roll out of bed and put up 40 on you. Yeah. And, yeah, the defense is still awful. Yeah, maybe the maybe it's um, that, that team where you are putting up 40, but you're giving up 38. <laughs> well, and that's what the Chiefs were for a couple of years before they eventually got to at least mediocre on defense. I mean, remember that Monday night game where it was Mahomes and Goff and it was like 60 to 55? Oh, right. Like, the Chiefs' defense was terrible. Yeah, and it was the the big deal was it was Goff versus Mahomes. Yeah, exactly. The Chiefs defense was terrible, and then they added Frank Clark and they added Tyran Matthew, and they made a, a and they're they're still not great, but they're they're decent, and they've got guys that in the playoffs just come up big, and yeah, they might still give up thirty points, but they're going to get a takeaway or they're going to just do just enough to let Mahomes beat you, right? So right. that that's the way the NFL is now, and. Yes, I, I agree. The, they need to upgrade the defensive line in a terrible, terrible way. The, the front seven last year was, was maybe the worst I've ever seen in yeah. the NFL. So yeah. they need to upgrade that, and I, I'm sure they will. But just the thought of adding just another elite playmaker to this offense with Justin Fields, it, it, it's enough to excite you. <laughs> it, it, would, it would be really... It makes you salivate a it, little bit. It, it would be really, really fun. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, uh, we load up on one side of the ball... And that's what uh, that's what he focuses on. So, as you said, he can uh, address the defense, a, a, you know, more uh, with with future resources. We do have, uh, you know, a, we're going to have two first rounders next year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, and that's the other big part of this trade, right? Yeah. I mean, Carolina, they they might be the worst team in the league next year. It's possible. Depending on who they draft a quarterback, and it, it, it's depend. I mean, they, I've, I've heard that they love C.J. Stroud, who's probably going to be ready to go day one. I've also heard that they love Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, who might be more projects, and maybe they draft one of those guys and they don't play him right away. And they're already brutal on offense, and they, they just traded their best wide receiver. Like yeah. if, if you look at their wide receivers, it's actually worse than the Bears was last year. <laughs> and, and, and I don't say that lightly because I know how bad the Bears wide receiving group was last year. But it's like LaVisca Chenault. Oh, yeah. And, like, that's their best receiver. And they have, <laughs> they have no tight ends. They have no running backs. Their defense is pretty good. And the NFC is terrible. So it might be enough that Carolina just wins five, six games just because. But even if they do that, then the Bears are still looking at a top ten pick. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I went and looked up uh, their receiving group. So their number one receiver in receptions last year, DJ Moore. Yeah. Their number two, Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> so, awesome so their next guy is Terrace Marshall Jr., who caught 28 balls yeah, last who year. Who is that? And, uh, Christian McCaffrey, the fact that he was number two on their team, he played like six games for them. <laughs> right. like, they, tra- they traded him halfway through the year. So, so I mean, they're going to draft their quarterback, but they're, they're not going to have anybody to throw to because we all, we know the... the um, Wasn't LaVisca Chenault a number one pick? Or was uh, he later? I don't know. I don't think he was a first round pick. But regardless... Uh, he was a second round, 42 overall. I mean, I, I did like him, but... He came from LSU, didn't he? I think so. I, and, and he's not, like, a terrible player, but you don't want him... No, as, he came from Colorado. You don't want him as your number one wide receiver. No. <laughs> so, Carolina, I, the Bears, Bears are going to be on tank watch for them because that could easily turn into a top five pick, which, if you think about that, I mean, you're talking about potentially... My dream scenario is... Uh, 
Marvin Harrison Jr. Oh man, like, that's that's legit. Like Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase type of guy. He is gonna be an absolute stud when he comes to the NFL, and he's gonna be a top three pick probably. Oh, probably. So if Carolina's bad enough to get you down there, that's something to report. <laughs> and it's and it's not like the Bears are going to be probably that great either. They'll probably be around 500, so yeah. they're probably looking at two picks in the top 16 next year. Easy. I mean, this is how you build a team. Yes. And, and you've got a bunch of picks this year, and that's just the way to build that sustainable roster as you build through the draft. That's exactly what Ryan Pohl said. So the so the so the one criticism uh, that I've heard kind of consistently about the trade, and there's uh, there's some merit to it. Um, also, it reflects back to Claypool uh, is that the Bears are going to pick, we're going to pick at one. Now we're going to pick at nine, and then there's a pretty big dry spell mm-hmm. uh, all the way down to fifty three. Uh, and then the new pick that they just got from Carolina is 61. So, uh, you know, that there's, you know, that's their, that's their three picks in the first two rounds. Yeah. So, you know, there, there is some criticism there, you know, a lot of Bears fans, Hey, why did we give up pick 32 to, for, for Claypool? And, you know, it's deserved. Um, I think when, Paul's made that trade. Uh, I certainly see the logic in what he was doing yeah. because he looked forward, not right now. He looked into the future and saw how the there was going to be an absolute dearth of good players at the position available. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as young guys, there's basically two: him and Jacoby Meyer. Yeah. And Jacoby Meyer wasn't available, so. But this kid was, he, it's like you said, he has all the talent in the world, and they, he just, he rolled the dice a bit. Uh, you know, when it happened, all of us all said the same thing. Why didn't they give up Baltimore's pick for, uh, rather than our pick? And, you know, the Ravens were, kudos to them, were like, no, we're not taking that pick. Yeah. We want your pick. And, uh, and he... You know, he kowtowed to them and said, okay, we'll do it. And the rumor is because Green Bay was going to take him. Right. Now, I know one thing. Uh, it may immediately makes me happy that we took a young talent in front of them. Yeah, got it. got him away from, from Rodgers. Right. So, you know, we, we need to wait and see. That's, uh, that's all we need to do with that. But, yeah, there is going to be a dearth there. And I'm sure right now he's probably already looking – you know, what What do I do now that I'm at nine? Yeah. You know? I mean, it's not out of the question that they either trade down again from nine or trade up in the second round. I mean, they've got three second-round picks, so you could package two of those and move up if you really wanted to. But there's going to be enough good players available in that kind of 60 to 65 range that the Bears have they a bunch two of picks first round pick, or two second-round picks. I thought they had three. No, no two. I thought they 53 got... and 62. And then, well, the next pick after that is 64, oh, so which the is the first... first pick of the third round. Okay, yeah, you're right. Okay. But even so, th- th- that's still in the range where you can get starting level players. And I, I it is going to be a, a big gap, but you just have to view Claypool as the second round pick. And yeah. <laughs> regardless of what you think about that, that's just the way it's going to be. I mean, Chase Claypool is still a young player. He's still got a ton of talent. 
you just have to view him as that's the player that we got with our second round pick. And yeah. Whether or not you like that, that's just the reality of the situation. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it it, it it could be worse. Could have been Laquan Treadwell. <laughs> so you know, um, it, it, it is. It, it's like you said. This is where this is where we're at. Uh, I certainly am overall happy with the group that we have there, uh, especially when you reflect on training camp of uh, 2022. Uh, pretty pretty huge difference. Um, we're not going to have to say anymore. Uh, oh, uh, Darnell Mooney is not a one. <laughs> I mean, how many times have you heard Bears fans say that? We don't have to say that anymore. Yeah, it's, that... it's not even in the question anymore. Now it's just that we have these three. We have three guys that have already shown that they have talent, uh, and so we don't, you know, we're not dealing with, you know, draft picks here who we got to see what they're going to do, and we also have Komet. Um, I do think 100%, I, I would say 99% chance that Komet gets a new deal. Yeah. Um, uh, Mooney, I, I'd say that it's still probable, and I hope he does get a new deal because he, I think he deserves it. Yeah, I agree. And it's just think of the games the Bears lost last year because in clutch situations they were throwing to Equinemius St. Brown oh, or man. Dante Pettis or whoever else, Ryan Griffin. It's just, you just don't have to deal with those guys anymore. <laughs> I know Equinemius St. Brown's still here. He's going to be probably the fifth wide receiver. But in big situations... That's a lot different than last year. Yeah, in big situations, he's not getting the ball anymore. And... That's huge. I mean, you, you got guys that you trust now, and yes, I hope Mooney comes back and is fully recovered from that injury and gets a new deal. I think he's a really nice player, and I really like him as your third wide receiver. Yes. I don't like him as much as your first wide receiver, and he doesn't have to be that anymore, like you said. Well, and you know, the thing is, is that we'll get to see what Getsy's component is here, right? Right. He's got these three guys, and he'll be able to, you know, mix and match them and see how they best fit. Uh, and that's, that's a that's a big part of what being an OC is. We've got to see, uh, we definitely got to see improvement out of him. But uh, I think that we, you know, we haven't seen all he can do. Uh, you know, people got to remember that coaching staff was all learning last year, right? And so the fact that we're going to have the same guy coming back, number one, is great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the same OC two years in a row? Hallelujah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, and I'm, I'm sure that there's nobody that's happier than him is that he's got legit talent on his offense now. Um, want to pivot a bit because free agency starts tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> um, and I, I, I can't remember the exact time, but I think the way this works, and it's always weird in the NFL, but I think free agency technically start or you're allowed to start negotiating at 3 p.m. Central Time tomorrow. Yeah. And then you're not allowed to actually sign guys for a week or whatever, but you can agree to terms. So what always happens is that free agency starts at, call it 3 p.m., and then at 3.01, Schefter tweets out that magically in that one minute, <laughs> 20, 25 guys have agreed to terms with their teams. And so I, I think that what you're going to see is that by – 301 tomorrow, the Bears are going to have some new players because I'm sure they've been working with agents and working behind the scenes to get some of these deals ready to go. And I, I think that we're going to see some more talent added to this roster tomorrow. And I, I think that the positions that stand out are that right away they're going to sign an offensive tackle. 
Yes. I, I don't I don't know if it's going to be Orlando Brown or if it's going to be McGlinchey or if it's going to be Jawan Taylor from Jacksonville. That seems to be a, a player that a lot of people like a lot. But whatever tackle is on the market that Ryan Poles thinks is the best, he's going to go out and get. I, I think we'll have that news very quickly once free agency starts. I, I, uh, I agree. Um, I agree on uh, the position. Uh, I do think tackle is, is going to be uh, addressed. And I'm, I'm one that I'm point blank saying it right now. I've wanted Orlando Brown. I still want Orlando Brown. And I hope tomorrow Orlando Brown is in a Bears uniform. I know he's going to be really expensive. The guy is 26 slash 27. He's huge. He's nimble. Uh, our GM knows him. He came over. Because, uh, definitely uh, our GM had something to do with him being in Kansas City in the first place. Mm-hmm. His uh, pass block win rate is among the best in the NFL. Uh, I, I think he fits our culture perfectly, and you know he can. We can sign that guy to a four-year deal, and you know he's 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 playing with us until he's thirty. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it just it makes so much sense. And yeah, uh, you know um, Braxton Jones. I, you know how much I love that guy. Well, you know what, having him have the move from left because we have Brown now is not a big deal. Yeah, you know, right. I mean. We'll put him over at right, you know, or maybe we put him together. Maybe we put him at left guard. Yeah. Could you imagine the left side with those two guys playing next to each other? Yeah, I, I wouldn't hate it. So, I mean, all I'm saying is I think you're not supposed to have this kind of guy come available. Every single board that I have looked at uh, that shows your top available free agents has said the same thing. Orlando Brown is the number one available free agent. We have the money. We should go steal him. Yeah, I think that, like you said, it's if Ryan Poles wants him, he's going to be here. And I, I think it's just one of those things where you just have to trust Ryan Poles. If the Bears don't sign Orlando Brown, it's because Ryan Poles didn't want him because right. they, they've got the money. To, right, they've got the money to do it. So everybody's known for months that if the Chiefs let him walk, that he's going to get a huge contract from somebody else. And I think he'll be one of those guys that signs right away. And it would not surprise me at all if. 301 Schefter's tweeting out Bears have agreed to terms with Orlando Brown. Yes. Um, if they if they choose to go a different route, uh, there are some right tackles on the board. The guy I mentioned from Jacksonville, Jawan Taylor. I've yes. seen him at the top of a lot of free agent lists right up there with Orlando Brown. I like that too. Apparently he's a pretty elite pass blocker. Uh, I guess struggles with run blocking, which is a little weird, but... Um, that, that seems like somebody, I mean, they, they need to add a tackle and right. like you said, I mean, they love Braxton Jones. It makes me think that they're going to add a right tackle, but like you said, I, I certainly wouldn't be mad if they signed a big name free agent to come in here and control that left tackle spot. And then Braxton Jones is athletic enough that I'd be fine seeing him try to figure it out somewhere else on the line. So yeah, I, I, I just think that tackle is such a glaring need and it's really if if you go into next year and you feel good about your offensive tackles then i think you feel pretty good about this offense because i think that the skill position group is is rounding into form pretty nicely and now it's just a matter of focusing on the line and they 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 certainly need more than one player on the line but just getting a a top tier tackle would be a great start yeah and so I, i looked it up real quick and this is matt bowen's list and i respect matt bowen a lot yep uh, Brown is uh, number one. 
it, actually, his pass block win rate is 91.8 last year, which that's actually one of the knocks on him that many people feel for the amount of talent in his size that his rate should be higher than that. Um, but uh, anyway, regardless, that's that's still really good. Uh, McGlinchley, you know, uh, now McGlinchley's 28 entering the season. Uh, pass block win rate, 89.6. Now, the one thing I've heard about McGlinchley is that his attitude can be kind of salty at times, you know. Uh, but, um, and then uh, Juwan Taylor, he has at 15, entering the 2023 season, 25. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, pass block win rate, 88.8. Little lower than you want to see, but um, you know, still has room to be coached up and 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 uh, uh, room to room to be coached up and improve, right? Well, you know, Taylor, I, I would be happy with any of those three guys. I would too. And you know, the thing is, is that whatever polls decides, I'm good with. Yeah, I trust. I I trust him to get that right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I mean. If he looks at the guy and says, you know what, this is my new building piece, I'm totally good with it. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, is that I 100% believe that for for the very first time in Bears history since the 80s, we actually have a guy who's focusing on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I trust his judgment there. I mean, really the only thing so far that Ryan Poles has done that I think is is questionable is the Claypool move. Yeah. And I I still understand that move, but so far I've just been really impressed. Obviously last year was terrible on the field, but that wasn't his fault. No. And by the way, this is a bit of a a tangent, but I don't want to hear anything for a few days from any of the Bears writers that spent the last half of the season complaining that the Bears (laughs) were losing to the Lions or the Falcons (laughs) or the Jets. And I'm talking about Weederer and Biggs and all those guys. Just let us be excited for a little bit because... (laughs) Can you imagine if the Bears had beaten, like, the Falcons and the Lions and had two extra wins and had the third pick and we couldn't be talking about any of this stuff right now? Exactly. Would they really be in a better position if they had won one or two more games? No! Yeah. (laughs) There's no question. So... Say what you want. Last year was terrible, but Ryan Poles, he, he had a vision, and he can say whatever he wants. He was tanking for the first pick, and they accomplished that. I don't care. And they've turned it into, into gold, and, and they've, <laughs> set, they've set their franchise up for success because they've gotten so much value out of that pick. Not to mention, you and I had so much fun at the bar. Oh, oh yeah. That, that... Watching Lovey stick it to the Texans. <laughs> yeah, when when are we building the Lovey Smith statue? <laughs> I, I, I hope Kevin Warren is working on a big statue of Lovey that we can unveil at the grand opening of Arlington Heights. I, like, I'd give a dollar. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, I was just looking at uh, Bowen's. Uh, list here again and and look at these two players right next to each other number 15 Jawan Taylor number 16 Draymond Jones yeah I would love to see both of those guys yeah I I think Draymond Jones so he's the defensive tackle from the Broncos that's another really logical addition because we know the Bears need help on the line and I've seen some 
potential chatter that people think maybe Jalen Carter could fall to nine now. That's yeah. that's not going to happen. I don't think so either. I do think it is possible, it, but I don't think it's probable. It, it could conceivably, right? Like, especially we'll see how the quarterbacks shake out because the, this trade with the Panthers is, is shaking up everything and maybe teams that were going to draft Carter now want a quarterback, but... Regardless, I, I just think he's too talented that he's not going to fall to the Bears. So that's to say they need to upgrade their defensive tackles in a very, very bad way. You know, uh, um, I, I got to say, I, I'm, I am really liking the idea that you bring up of this load, load, load offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean... It, it is it is really tempting to think about Bijan Robinson there and bringing his weapon skill set to that team. Um, wow, we're loaded at every position. Then also, you know, um, I wanted your take on what do you think about making a play for another good pass catching tight end? Yeah, I, I like that idea. I, I I like Cole Komet a lot. I think I he's too. a really good player, but I, I wouldn't be upset if they went and got a tight end that's a bit more of a receiver. Yeah. Because Komet's an elite blocker, and we've seen that he is a decent route runner and receiver, but if you want to pair him with, like, Evan Ingram was my dream, and yeah. he, he's not coming because the Jaguars franchised him, but someone like Rightfully that. Rightfully so. Yeah, someone like that who is more of a receiving tight end, I think would be a great addition to this offense. I, I, I love the idea. And I, I mean, the defense needs to be upgraded Yeah, and and it will be because you're not going to win games in the NFL playing that type of defense that the bears played last year. Yeah. But, I mean, and you know, it's you, you allude to it. Well, we have to, we have to look at more explosive players. Komet's not that. No, I, I agree. He he's not. I, I think that he's a really nice player, but he would be great as your two tight end, right? Like, yeah, like serviceable number one. Like if he's your starting tight end, you don't feel bad about it. But or when they're running, um, what is it? The the eleventh man or the twelfth man offense? It's when they put two tight ends yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, I forget what they what they call it, but a, a more dynamic tight end, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I do think that. The idea of Draymond Jones is interesting. He's kind of that. Tip, he's he's a perfect defensive tackle for this system. He can get up the field and get after the quarterback. I think they'll probably bring uh, Justin Jones back, right? Because yeah, he's, he's still on the team. I don't know why you would. So then, if if you go out and sign Draymond Jones, you have just Draymond Jones. That's his name, right? Yep. And then you have Justin Jones, and then if you draft one of these highly skilled edge rushers, the Jones boys. Yeah, and then you, you get like. You, you get the kid from Iowa or the kid from Georgia, and then you're starting to build out that defensive line that you feel much better about. Yeah. And if if you can get pressure on a quarterback, it just makes your defense look that much better. And that's why, I mean, I, I think that, like you said, I mean, the, the two positions that stand out is where the Bears will make early additions in free agency, offensive and defensive tackle. Right. Like, those those just are, are glaring holes in the roster that I think the Bears are going to fill with, with money. You know, and uh, what's interesting is uh, when we finished with franchising, 
uh, the, when the NFL fin- finished with franchising, you had uh, three running backs uh, that got franchised, yeah. right? Uh, I mean, you know, the the pervading attitude in the NFL is that, you know, running back is kind of a second thought. Right. But here you go. <laughs> you know, I mean, you and I talked multiple times about having Saquon Barkley come. And the Giants, to their credit, were like, you know what? We're going to sign Jones super fast and <laughs> before franchising runs out. Yeah. And then we're going to tag him. Yeah. I mean that was uh, that was pretty uh, pretty shrewd move by them. Well, it's interesting. I mean, yeah, it involves giving Daniel Jones forty million dollars a year. Well, which, <laughs> well, we'll see how that works out for him. But it makes a lot of sense to franchise a running back because you just don't want to commit to those guys for long term deals because they break down. Yeah. So if if you get a running back that you know is really productive and you want to basically say we'll give you a bunch of money for one year, that probably makes more sense than tying up your salary cap for two, three, four years. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, what, you know, when it, when it, when it, you break it down, you know, Jones, you, you still have kind of an unknown quantity there, but he's certainly better than anything else that's available. I mean, I suppose you could, uh, you know, you, you could make a, uh, an argument on, you know, going and getting one of the veterans, but again, the, they're doing the same thing as us. They're making this, um, environment of you know young players uh, and Jones is a young player right and bringing that whole group up together and Dayball did a pretty damn good job in his first season gosh yeah I, I really hope that I, I'm not gonna have buyer's remorse on that for, <laughs> for his whole career because the Bears could have had him and we both wanted him and certainly seems like he did a really good job with the Giants last yeah, year yeah um, yeah I mean any other Big predictions in free agency. I mean, I, I think the, the tackles on both sides of the ball, that's kind of a no-brainer. The other guy I think the Bears might sign that's that's been a lot of noise about is uh, Okarike, the linebacker from the Colts. Oh, right. He's a good player. He's got experience with Eberflus. Seems like it would be a, a very logical fit. And certainly we know the Bears need upgrades at linebacker. So. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, there's. I think that the Bears will be very active in free agency. I think, uh, you know, I've used the term uh, shrewd uh, when it comes to uh, when, when it comes to, to polls. And I think that's what we're going to see again. I think we're going to see somebody uh, go that is going to make strategic targeted acquisitions. You know, uh, you know, there was almost criticism of him last year when he passed on Ogan Joby because Ogan Joby failed the physical. Right. But I didn't think that it, uh, of that as a negative at all. I looked at it as, well, he didn't try and force something that he didn't know whether it was going to work out or not. Right. The previous guy certainly would have done that. <laughs> <laughs> it brought in a guy who sat for most of the year and, uh, you know, uh, paid him a whole bunch of money to do nothing. I mean, people forget that while Robert Quinn had an amazing second season, his first season was equally awful. Yeah, and I, like, I've always joked about this, and the phrase I always use is, like, every, like, two or three years, the Bears either draft or sign a player that just shows up to camp and is just, like, dead, <laughs> dead, dead, dead on arrival. Like, that's how Quinn was. Like, Pace signed Quinn, and, and people forget that first year where he, he wasn't practicing in camp, and he was hurt, and they weren't t- saying what was wrong with him, and then he just wasn't productive. And 
There, there's examples of that throughout Bears, stemming back to Phil Emery and Jerry Angelo, even. I mean, Jared Allen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, like, I, I, let's avoid that. Let's, yes. let's, let's not sign guys that show up and immediately everyone's like, uh-oh. <laughs> They're immediately in need of repair in some way. Yeah, so. Oh, he, he will be a Ferrari once we, <laughs> once we get him all fixed up. <laughs> you know, so, that, yeah, I think that is, uh, I think that is key. Um, boy, I tell you, I was just looking at that Draymond Jones and he is, uh, he really is something. I, I, that would be a great steal. Uh, and, uh, we'll see if that, that happens. But, um, yeah, I definitely think that tackle is, uh, one of the, uh, is, is a, one of the places that he will target. Um, and, uh, I also, uh, corner. I think that there is a good crop of corners in free agency. Um, I think that that's a spot that he could look at to uh, further build up that group. Yeah. Um, we, we really got a nice uh, a surprise out of Jalen Jones last year. Yeah. Um, I think he's going to be really a, a big part of the secondary next year. I want him to be a backup. I would, yeah. I, I would, I would like them to sign somebody that's more established. I, I, I mean, when I say a big part, I mean as an active uh, in rotation. Yeah, right? I, he's right. not, he's not going to be a starter. But they, I do, you know, they they do need to bring in another player to upgrade that group. Yeah, and I think they will. I, I think that that might not be where they go out and. That might not be the first thing they address, yeah. But I certainly think they're going to bring in somebody that's a veteran that can play that second corner spot opposite of Jalen Johnson. Yeah, that um, uh, that guy you mentioned, Karoki or whatever his name is. I think he's an off the ball, isn't he? Oh yeah, he's a weak side linebacker. Yeah. So you know, I mean, they obviously have to address that. Um, you know, there's some there's some Bears fans out there that are still crying a, a tear in their beer for. Roquan Smith, the more and more I look at that, the more and more I don't care that he left. No. Uh, he, in, in this defense, um, he really wasn't going to be a factor, and he certainly wasn't going to be worth the money that uh, Baltimore gave him. Yeah, no. I, but so you hope it um, works out well for him, but yeah, yeah, I'm, absolutely. I'm not that upset that the Bears didn't give him that deal. No, so uh, well, we we got to some of what we wanted to talk about, and we still have some more that we'd like to talk yeah, about. And we won't have to speculate much longer because, like I said, I think tomorrow at three o'clock we're going to have some news that the Bears have, have have agreed the terms with at least one high priority free agent, if if not multiple. So right, we're going to have a lot to react to this week. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it. Uh, yeah, tomorrow's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's, it's like you said, Adam Schefter is going to have 16 deals uh, one minute into yeah. free agency. I mean, he's probably got like 10 tweets that are already ready to go. <laughs> right. That just, uh, guys have already agreed to terms. It's just all, <laughs> always just this wink, wink, nudge, nudge, that no one's going to announce it until the official deadline. So. And, you know, I, I think uh, I, I, I think that's a, a good thing. Um, we, w- I, I think we're going to come out of this, uh, feeling, feeling good, feeling good, loose. You know, I mean, I do, I think, uh, I think we're going to come out of this and, uh, look at and, and look at it and, and look into 2020, 
uh, three as what well, I think we're going to be somebody to contend with. And I do kind of like that idea of, you know, let's maybe just load up on one side of the ball and we'll address the other side of the ball more next year. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, yeah, just a uh, real quick, um, oh, you know, another, uh, inside linebacker that'll be available, Tremaine Edmonds from the, from the bills. Yeah. That would be a good steal depending on how expensive he's going to be, but Draymond Jones, I just wanted, I just noticed this, six and a half sacks, 28 pressures last year, played 451 snaps. Well, Give me that guy. <laughs> so Yeah, he's, he's good, and I'm guessing he's leaving Denver because they've got their entire cap tied up in Russell Wilson, which, good luck with that. <laughs> okay, uh, anything else? That's all I got. We're good for this week. Uh, again, we've you know kind of changed up the schedule. I think we're going to kind of stick on this for just a little bit um, during the offseason here because the offseason is kind of funky. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, bear down. Yeah, bear down.